When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, it's Monday night after a cracking preliminary final weekend. A Brownlow medal as well. So heroes and villains, there's plenty there and there's plenty in all the other sports around the world. So let's get into that. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. Uh, wonderful to have you on board, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be speaking to you at some point throughout the next hour on the Harcourts Open Line. Your move, your Harcourts. Heroes and villains on a Monday night is what we always uh, like to roll out, and a good bit of fun that is. Um, but also, at 7.30 this evening, uh, WA, under-18s coach from 2012 to 2014, which means that he would have coached Brownlow medalist, Paddy Cripps. Uh, Michael Pratt is going to join us just to speak to us about what an under-18s Paddy Cripps was uh, all about um, and how proud he must have been last night to see one of his former charges uh, claim the ultimate prize um, in VFL-AFL history. Um, 1-300-736-736 uh, or 0433-981116. The 40 Winks Temper Text. Consumer's Choice winner temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conform to the exact shape of your body. Um, I didn't get to uh, play a bit of this for you, but um, given that we are in a grand final week, any time that uh, we get access to a participant uh, in said grand final, um, we need to just rehash as much of that as we possibly can. So Cam Guthrie uh, spoke to Dwayne a little earlier. There was an open training session down at uh, Cadinia Park today. Uh, all the players were available for people to have a yarn to. Sam Edmund went down there and uh, caught up with a few. Um, Cam Guthrie spoke to Dwayne about what it meant to be playing a grand final uh, back in Victoria. Yeah, Melbourne this time of year is, is, is just such a great time to, uh, to still be um, in the hunt, I guess. Um, I, I think our form coming into this game has been really consistent. I think it's uh, 13 or 14 wins um, consecutively. So, uh, mate, we're really confident in, in, in what we can do this week and... Uh, yeah, a really good feeling around the place. It's a little bit difficult to compare to uh, past years for, for a number of reasons, but uh, this year, yeah, it feels like a good preparation for us. I th- actually think I was a little bit more nervous at the start of last week going into the prelim um, for whatever reason. I'm, I'm feeling relaxed. Um, at, at this stage, I'm sure I'll, I'll get a little bit nervous uh, later in the week, but, I mean, that's pretty normal for me just going into a, 
a regular game anyway. So uh, plenty of excitement. I mean, it's, it's a great feeling around, um, like I said before, around the town, uh, definitely around the footy club. So uh, we'll go in, yeah, yeah, pumped up, ready to go, confident um, without being, I mean, arrogant. But, I mean, we're super confident in, in our abilities and what we're going to bring on Saturday. Zach's been really impressive. Um, he's, he's worked really hard for um, everything he's achieved so far in his career, um, uh, along with a lot of our other um, younger players who have really stepped up and, and had really solid years and really complemented, I guess, what we've been trying to build over the last um, maybe five or six years with our core group. So um, I, I expect them to, to bring what they've brought all year Saturday as well and, and not just be role players, um, really excel. Yeah, Max had a good run around. Um, he did some laps and the crowd got behind him. I'm sure the hammy was feeling feeling pretty good then. But, uh, I mean, it's positive signs he's back running. Um, the, the things that I'm hearing around the club, um, there's optimism that he, that he might be okay. But at the same time, I, I, I don't know it um, well enough to, to really comment too much. That was Cam Guthrie first on playing in the grand final back in Victoria on feeling more nervous last week heading into a prelim than he is heading into this week into a grand final playing with his brother Zach who's had a, a fantastic year and just a little update on Max Holmes who is a wait and see did a fair bit of running apparently uh, but nothing too strenuous. Um, so there's a couple of um, really important figures for both teams in Max Holmes uh, and also Sam Reid uh, for the Swans, who are in doubt heading into this. And David King spoke to Jerry Whateley today on the importance of Sam Reid. The Sam Reid injury is massive for the Swans because he was a major reason why they had the first quarter they did the other night. If Sam Reid's not there, it, it, it's, it, you can replace the position, but you can't replace the player. Like what he was able to do in that first quarter shaped the game. Collingwood hadn't been taken apart like that down back for the season. But they were dismantled in that first 40 minutes. Uh, David King a little early today. All right, uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Muzzer and Michael are ready and rearing to go to give theirs, but it's time for you to give yours. And then a hero comes along With the strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside Heroes and villains on a Monday night. Very simple. Who is your hero? Who is your villain? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Our good friend Muzzer in Geelong, who celebrated his 60th birthday last week, his first cab off the rank. Muzzer, happy birthday again for last week, and uh, and thanks for ringing. Um, well, I've got two heroes, and the first hero is you and Michael Barlow for the great commentary you gave me last night. I didn't have to ring up anyone to find out the votes, who was leading. Um, which is the first time for a long time for a Brownlow. So I thank you for that. It was excellent. Tommy Haylock and as well was the other Patrick member of our team there. Uh, other member of our team yeah, there, Muzzer. I didn't know his no, name. No, that's okay. I didn't, know, I didn't know his name. I'm sorry. But, yeah, he was just as good. And then for Patrick Cribbs to win it um, was awesome. So, yeah, I had a good good night. And uh, sorry about the first text the other week. It doesn't say Muzzer. It says Mother. 
Oh, that's why I thought it was. I thought you were telling me it was your mum's birthday, and you wanted me to give her a shout out, which I did. Uh, and then you had to correct me and say, "No, it's my birthday, not my mum's." Yeah, no, Siri. Siri can't cope with muzz up. She can cope with it if you type it to me, but when I say it to her, she calls it mother. Yep. No, that yeah. well, that makes. So, uh, that... No, I thank you, mate. I had a good day, and um, I just thank Sen. Also, Sen this year for all the commentary that we get and what we're going to get between now and um, next season is just brilliant. And I just thank everyone. Muzz, you. you're a very good man, and, and we greatly appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, we, you don't, no need to thank us. We we thank you and everybody else that rings to, to take the time to ring and engage and to be part of the conversation because that's what a talkback station is. It's a, a relationship. Um, it's not just one or the other. And uh, for people that text through and, and make meaningful contributions on the text to get involved in conversation, um, that's what makes the, the station run. So, um, yeah, you don't need to thank us, mate. We, uh, we thank you. Um, Michael's in Reservoir. Mick, a hero and a villain. Yeah, um, I'll go with the hero first. Brady Rawlings getting the red legs to win yesterday in the Sample Partnership. Yeah, Jade Rawlings. Yeah. Oh, Jade, sorry about that. No, yeah, not his brother. Correct. Yeah. Um, and my villain, you might agree with me here, um, is Scott Pendlebury in the Brownlow? He only got two votes. Were you shocked at that? I, I was a little shocked um, <laughs> at, at that because I I was monitoring, um, which I like to do, a career Brownlow votes, and uh, I thought, gee, uh, Pendles hasn't um, moved up the ladder too much. He's currently sixth all time in in leading vote getters, but. Yeah, I thought his year was was very good, and and he played such an important part of everything that that Collingwood did. He was integral um, to yeah. a lot of their success this year. But but maybe maybe Michael, um, that's because he's just a victim of his incredibly high standards that he's set through the entirety of his career. Where <clears> even though he still plays well, maybe in the umpires' minds, well, I've seen him play better. Yeah, yeah, and can I just quickly say? I stayed at my friend's place the other day, switched on KO, and there's Sammy Hargraves doing the New South Wales Open Golf. Where do you get to sleep, I'm wondering? <laughs> well, at the moment, with a nine-week-old, I don't really get any, um, uh, Mick. But I, we actually did that uh, just to, with complete transparency. We did that a few months ago, uh, the New South Wales Open. So it must have been a, yeah, yeah. Must have been a replay. Yeah, it was on the thing there. Yeah, uh, it was. I was just having a look and, yeah, loving your work. Oh, Keep you're very kind. Geez, haven't we got off to just the most beautiful start to the sporting capital? That's the look at the tone that we've had set. Just it's all love, all positivity. I wonder how long it'll last. Ten minute mark of uh, the seven o'clock hour. It's been all positive so far. Uh, 1-300-736-736-0433-98-11-16. Uh, a couple off the text. Uh, heroes and villains. Uh, a lot of arrogance about the cats. It's very evident the demons last year throughout were always humble and respectful of opposition. That's from Grant. Is that a fact? With all due respect, was that? Can we categorically state that last year there was uh, nothing but humility and respect for opposition? I don't know if the Bulldogs thought it was respectful when uh, their theme song was played, maybe in a nightclub uh, that the Melbourne players were in. And uh, but take that as you will. Um, oh, look, I think by and large most of the teams are very respectful uh, of each other. There's by play that goes on out on the ground. There's a bit of cut and thrust that happens as well for the most part. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that the cats are arrogant and disrespectful of uh, of other sides. I actually don't really think any teams are, uh, to be honest. Um, but but I appreciate your text. I just think a glass houses people. <laughs> People in glass houses, that might be the best way to answer that one. But we're trying to keep it positive. We're trying to keep the love going. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains on a Monday night. Spiros is in Carnegie. Spiros, hello, mate. Good, thanks, Sam. How are you going? Very well. Uh, hero, villain, what have you got for me? Uh, I just wanted to say just two things. Um, uh, Dion Prestia, I think, because uh, I'm a Richmond supporter, mm. uh, Look, given time and putting in the full season, uh, I'd tell you what, he might go close one day. Uh, I think he polled 19 votes, your producer was just telling me, which is uh, yes, he did. not a bad effort. Yeah, and look, probably a villain, but i tell you what, still, you know, you've got to give credit where credit was due is um, Tex Walker. I was surprised he polled so, like, 14-odd votes. I mean, that's not a bad effort from Tex. Yeah, I think majority uh, of them were three voters uh, as well. So when he gets votes, yeah. he tends to get uh, best on ground, Spiros. Um the, 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 there's a couple of fascinating ones throughout the course of the night and, and people quibble on, well, why would you get votes in that game and people getting votes when the side lost by 30, 40, 50 points and, and a few things like that. Uh, the Carl Amon one is a fascination to everybody given that in the games that he polled three votes in, he didn't get a single coach's vote. So we've been lauding how mature Port Adelaide have been, Ken Hinckley, Carl Amon, who clearly the club's known that he's been leaving for the most part of the year or at least halfway through, but yet when people say, oh, you can't play him, you can't play him, no, you can play him because his standards never dropped. Um, he, he was committed from the start as he was at the end. This is just the business that we have chosen. This is the business that we are, we are in, and these things happen, and we just need to deal with them. While you're there, you give of your all. Uh, otherwise, you don't get a game. And if you don't get a game, well, when the deal hasn't been done for you, then your price drops. So um, there's all that to factor in. But didn't get a coach's vote through the course of the year, and then storms in with uh, how many best on grounds was it last night? That was phenomenal. Um, and... I will reveal one thing, that I had a, an 18-leg multi gambling responsibly, just a little $10 flutter, which I, I don't really ever bet, but I do um, around Brownlow just because it's like, sort of like getting a Tats Lotto ticket. Um, I missed Carl Amon as getting the most votes for Port Adelaide and therefore missed out on a collective about 4K. So um, as much as I'm happy for Carl Amon to have had the year that he had, it wasn't particularly wrapped that he he, he uh, was their leading vote getter. Um, the umpires just might have been a little oblivious to what Connor Rosie was doing uh, in the back half of the year. But um, I don't want to put any uh, I don't want to put any crap on the umpires because I think they do a tremendous job. And and we actually spoke to Ray Chamberlain last night um, before the count. And when you hear Ray speak about how solemnly and how respectfully and how um, deeply profound. Uh, that pride is that they are the ones that decide the most prestigious award in football and how seriously they take that, how um, diligent they are in the, in the argument. He said the only time we ever get into fights with each other is when we're debating on who should get the three votes at the end to reach the consensus that we need to reach for the three, two and one. He said, but people don't discuss those outside of that group of three from that game. It never gets spoken of again because they do really really cherish the integrity of it and hold that very, very close uh, to their heart. So that was a great chat, and I think it's up on sen.com.au if you wanted to hear it. Mark's in queue. Hero or villain, Mark? Oh, I've got a hero. I reckon uh, John Meyer, the Bloods coach. Um, 
not gets not a lot gets spoken about, John. He's coached just on the weekend his fifth preliminary final mm. uh, with the Bloods and for four wins. I mean, he's, he's now into his fourth grand final. Hopefully, hopefully he gets a win for the Red and Whites. So he's second. Um, yep. So, uh, so both both. Both John Longmire and uh, and Chris Scott, they both won one flag each, only a year apart. Um, very similar, some of these things. Geelong are into their 19th grand final and the Swans are into their 18th grand final in history. So, um, and yeah. they've, um, they've, had a, they're, they've had some ripper ding-dong battles in finals over the years. Um, only four or five, by the way. But this is their very first grand final. But yes. definitely not a lot gets said about John Longmire. I think he's just been a fantastic coach. Oh, Mark, I love it, and I love the positivity around it. Yeah, I, I, I love what Chris Scott and John Longmire over the well, Chris Scott this year and John Longmire started doing it next year. Uh, sorry, he started doing it next year. <laughs> he started doing it last year, and it was the recruitment of Don Pike to improve their offensive side of of the game, realizing that that needed help and, and that he needed a bit of help with that, which I think is just incredible self awareness. It's it's smart. It's mature it's um it's a lot of things um it, it speaks to a healthy ego to know what you're good at and what you're not good at when i say healthy ego i don't mean oh he's got a big ego i mean no this is a person who whose ego is in check it, it that's what a healthy ego is um so they've made that change uh and the rewards are there this year to see of how, how good an attacking side sydney are to go with how good a defensive side they are they're both top four um, they're top four in offence and defence this season, Sydney. And Geelong the same. So they were pilloried last year, and rightly so, because of this slow play you know, stuff that we had to sit through and, and, and try to keep our eyes open through. And the criticism was, that's not where footy's going. You'll need to you know, evolve or die. Um, so Chris Scott, green and growing or ripe and rotting, is an expression uh, the bloke that gave me my first job in radio used to say. Well, he said, no, I'll be green and growing, uh, and I will make the change. Um, and they did. And again, they're top four offensive side and they're a top four defensive side as well. So they realised that they needed to evolve and they did. And so that speaks to, again, um, Chris Scott understanding that, well, I don't have all the answers. Oh, I'm going to need to to make a change as well. So I, I think they're great hero nominations and, and two that I had uh, on my sheet as well, Mark. Uh, it's a very, very nice start uh, to heroes and villains on a Monday night. We'll do some more after this. And then after 7.30, Michael Pratt, Paddy Cripps under 18 coach, is going to join us uh, on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, welcome back to the Sporting Capital. Off the text, that's the best you can come up with. Melbourne played the same song the Western Bulldogs played as Disrespect. Pathetic. Uh, it wasn't all I said, and I didn't just say it was that song. Uh, there was reports at the time that maybe it was the Bulldogs theme song that was played, and there was uh, insults being thrown uh, back and forth in that uh, nightclub uh, interaction that Campbell Brown uh, spoke about last year. Um, so it wasn't just that. And uh, I was just responding to a text that said that Melbourne treated every opposition player with humility and respect. Although I don't know if that's 100% true. I'm sure by and large that it was. But I'm just saying no team I don't think is saintly when it comes uh, to that. Everybody uh, has from time to time involved in, been involved in a little bit of back and forth. And I'm just saying that one team uh, doesn't stand out above uh, all others. Uh the mic was on during the ads. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. Why didn't that come off? Jeez, I'm wondering if I said anything bad now. Uh, you'll let me know, though, uh, of course. Uh, off the text, Heroes, the entire Wallaby team that took to the field on Thursday night. Uh, the ref who decided the in to insert himself in the game in the 79th minute was questionable. Match-altering call. Yeah, the delay a game that will... 
Bernard Foley had had two. Uh, Wallabies had come back from a fair way um, in that game twice. Um, and they had a three-point lead, I reckon it was, with under a minute to play. And uh, Bernard Foley was called twice to, to move the ball along. He was into his kicking motion and had it taken off him. And uh, time expired, but there was still uh, a phase. And um, the Wallabies were able to... Uh, the All Blacks were able to cross and, again, secure the Bledisloe, which we haven't been able to win for now. It'll be 21 years. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a worthy villain nomination I would have thought. Um, villains, people who wait till the finals time to refer to the Swans as the Bloods. They never called them that during the season proper. That's Jared uh, off the text. Who is the Sporting Capital's royal correspondent? Yeah, we don't have one. So if you want to update me on what's happening with um, the uh, the Queen's funeral, um, I'm more than happy for you to be that correspondent and uh, and text that through. Uh, off the text, my hero, the umpires for picking another deserving Brownlow medal winner. My villain, uh, the betting companies for the scuttlebutt and um, and misdirection in the pursuit of coin. That's Mortimer, uh, Cranbourne North. I, I just think they're advertising Mortimer. I don't think there's anything. Um, there's no scuttlebutt um, um, in relation to it. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Coming up on the other side of this, I've still got to give some of my heroes and villains. Um, Michael Pratt, who was Paddy Cripps's WA under 18s coach, uh, he also coached Camden McIntosh, Blake Akers, Rory Lobb, Dom Sheed, Alira Lear, Mitch McGovern, Charlie Cameron. Uh, as well, when he was the WA under 18s coach, and at the Waffle, uh, uh, when he was the. Perth Waffle Colts coach from 2015. He coached Logan McDonald, Dev Robertson, Nathan O'Driscoll, who have all been in action uh, during this final series. Uh, of course, your calls on the Harcourt's open line, one three hundred seven three six 736 736 or you can text in 0433 One hero nomination I did have is my New York Jets today. Two touchdowns in the last minute and a half. If you don't mind, with old cement shoes Joe Flacco, um, who just winding back the clock to his Super Bowl MVP days, uh, that was very, very exciting to get a win over the Browns because I didn't know how many wins the Jets were actually going to get this year. So I'm wearing my Jets cap with pride today. There's a couple of other big comebacks. Miami, their comeback win was phenomenal. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, um, first quarterback for the uh, Dolphins since Dan Marino to throw six touchdowns. And Kyle Murray getting it done. Incredible comeback win for the Cardinals as well. So some really exciting NFL news from around the traps as well. Keep your heroes and villains nominations coming through. And we'll keep working through them on the Sporting Capital. Uh, wonderful to be with you on the Sporting Capital. Uh, you can keep sending your temper text in on the 40 Winks temper text, 0433 uh, uh, You can get calling us, 1300 736 736 uh, on the, uh, the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. Um, for all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. For all things uh, sport, uh, speak to uh, speak to us. Um, Brownlow medal last night, uh, just to set the scene, if you weren't aware of how it ended and uh, how it all played out, one of the most exciting counts uh, in recent memory. Carlton, P. Cripps, three votes. And I declare the winner of the 2022 Brownlow medal is Patrick Cripps of the Carlton Football Club. I actually don't know whether to laugh or cry. It's, um, Do both. Yeah, I, um, I, I loved footy growing up as a kid and um, I still remember being at boarding school back in WA and I used to always ask my mum, make sure you sign me out, uh, give me leave on Brownlee night because I used to love watching it and um, my older brother Daniel used to always sign me out and we used to always watch it together and, um, mate, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I... Um, 
yeah, I can't put it into words at the moment, but it's a, it's a, it's a massive honour and um, I'm absolutely pumped. Massive honour, absolutely pumped, incredibly uh, well-deserved. Uh, Paddy Cripps, um, a phenomenal career so far. In 2019, he was the uh, AFLPA uh, MVP. Uh, he's a three-time All-Australian. He's a three-time Best and Fairest winner. Uh, it'll be probably four times by the end of this season. He was taken pick 13 in the 2013 National Draft, born in Perth and moved to a small farming town of Northampton who's uh, produced some incredible AFL talent uh, along the way. Uh, and then he went to East Fremantle in the Waffle, and uh, a man that uh, coached him at WA level and under-18s is Michael Pratt. He's been good enough to jump on the line with us to share a few stories of a young Paddy Cripps. Um, Michael, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, yeah, my pleasure, Sam. What's the first? Well, before we get to that, just watching last night, what was your the emotions that you were feeling, and 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 when you saw him get up to accept that award, you hear his name read out. How proud were you? Oh, look, unbelievably proud. It's uh, he's, he's just such a great fella, Patrick, and um, it's uh, look, just texted back and forth with one of the one of the uh, assistant coaches from the like days coaching WA, and um, yeah, just just amazing, just so exciting. When was the first time that uh, Paddy Cripps came um, into your spectrum uh, across the desk uh, on your radar, whichever, um, whichever one of those expressions we, we want to use? Um, yeah, so so we started hearing about Paddy because I coached the 18s in 2012. It started. We started hearing about Paddy uh, towards the end of 2012. He was playing PSA footy, and uh, so school in the school competition over here, um, and we were hearing that. You know, this big kid from from Northampton was um, was going pretty well, and he'd be a c- contender for the for the side in 2013. So obviously, um, he took part in the preseason games, and we're heading along to look at, to watch him. And um, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly a different sort of player uh, to to what you would typically see uh, an 18 year old midfielder look like. So, what did you see? What did you see when you first laid eyes on him? Uh, he's sort of uh, lanky, a lanky type kid. Um, seemed uh, he seemed too small for his body, if that makes any sense. Like he was still going to be growing into it. Mm. Um, he's probably doesn't want me to say this, but he was a bit sloppy. Like he wasn't in the greatest condition ever. Well, he said and, that uh, last he, night, so uh, he's opened that door. Yeah, he, he wasn't <laughs> great, so he had a he had a bit he had a bit of work to do. And you'd sort of watch him and go, you'd sort of see him off the track. You'd sort of think, wow, I, I don't know what everyone's talking about. But then you'd watch him play, and he's just had a unique ability to um, to win the footy in contested situations. It's just it's quite remarkable what he's able to do. It, it really is, and you know he'll he'll tell the stories about how he grew twenty centimeters in twelve months and all those sort of things. And I think you know it, it's just it's just such a unique background, and you've got a player who grew up having to learn all the tricks of a small player, and then suddenly became a big player, but already had all those tricks. It's just it's just incredible and you watch him when you watch him win clearances now and he's just he's just on another level to most other players. So there's the first time you see the player, but what about the first time you meet the the young man, the young person? Uh yeah, very quiet. Uh I spoke to him after a game at East Mantle Oval, very quiet. Um there's a couple of more boisterous teammates. Uh, there was a few East Mantle boys in that squad actually, a couple of more boisterous teammates than him who were a lot more happy to have a chat. Cripper didn't want to say a lot, but yeah, what he um, what he did say was always pretty meaningful, and he, uh, he, as you're probably aware, he went on and was elected into the leadership group for the side and all those sort of things. And he was, you know, Don was the captain, and but between, to be honest, between 
between Paddy Cripps and Tommy Barras. They were probably the leaders, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a great group. When he was so he was playing um, at he was playing at East Fremantle. Uh, sorry, he was playing yeah East Fremantle. Um, yeah, and 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 you were his state coach. What did you That's think right. was going to be the biggest obstacle for him to overcome if he was going to end up making it uh, onto the biggest stage? Um, all the criticism about Paddy was always all the recruiters were always criticising his ability to run, mm. and you know he didn't cover the ground well enough. Uh, he, he sort of had a really good day playing against Vic Metro at Subiaco Oval, where, he, you know, there's a, there a sort of passage of play where he had two or three running bounces coming out of the back line. And, you know, that, that was the sort of sort of thing that everyone was looking to see for him and it, from him. And he really sort of challenged himself to, to show that he, he was able to run and able to cover the ground. And, you know, that, that, on draft night, he wasn't expected to go as high as he did. So... You know, Carlton taking him at, I think we went 13. Yeah, he did. Like that. We, that, was a, that was a surprise. We had Matt so, Rendell uh, on earlier who was recruiting for Collingwood um, at the time and they uh, had two picks ahead and he said we've, we we didn't take him because we, we were worried about his ability aerobically. Um, and yeah. he, he then said that when we realised how big a mistake we'd made with him, we didn't make the same mistake when we took Braden Maynard who we were had the same concerns about. Um, but weren't going to be um, made to look foolish again. So that was really interesting. What? What? How coachable was he, um, Michael? We're speaking to oh, Michael Pratt, who's um, who Paddy Cripps' WA under-18s coach. How coachable was he? Did he seek knowledge? Did he seek feedback? And did he did he implement it straight away, or did it take a bit of time? No, no. He he was he was always looking to try and try and become a better player. So he was he was very keen to go through vision, ask questions. He he was terrific. No doubt he was terrific. He uh, he wanted to do everything he could to to take his footy as far as he, as far as it as far as it could take him. So he was a very impressive young kid. What have you uh, made of his journey when he got taken um, from his second year? I've I've made the point often that he was Carlton's number one centre clearance player and number two contested possession winner in just his second year of footy, which is astounding. Um, when you when at, at that era as well, it was heavy congestion um, at, at that time and a lot of stoppages. So he was doing a lot of hard work uh, with a, as a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, um, I, I suppose from from my perspective, um, I wasn't massively surprised that he was able to do that. Uh, it was just um, he just had a unique collection of, of size and, as I said, skills. Having grown up as a smaller mm. player. And then growing so suddenly and become a bigger player. He and he's a he's an amazing competitor, Gripper. He's an amazing competitor. So I wasn't surprised at the numbers. I was. You'd watch the games and you would be worried and concerned about him as a, you know, how long is he going to be able to do this for? Mm. You see him get absolutely, absolutely pummeled, and um, you, you don't know how many nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old kids are going to be able to, going to be able to sustain that, but. He's done a pretty good job, I think. He has, and has it worried you as it's gone on? Um, he speaks about this year being he's really he's enjoying his footy more than um, more than any other year. Um, he he talks about the relationship now between the midfield group and how they he feels like they're on the same page with a lot of things. And um, I have made the point that I felt like he's had to do too much of that work for far too long. Last year he looked you know twenty six going on forty six uh, at times and a lot of strapping and 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 you know he had the back injury and and. You know, he was shouldering a lot of load. And this year, no surprise, they bring in all the support. He has his best career year. Has it worried you over the journey? 
Uh, oh, look, you don't you don't like to see any player getting getting battered around and not able to live up to their full potential. So, mm. so yeah, of course. I mean, the hope's always been that that Carlton would improve, and I always believed that as Carlton became a better side, and every side goes through cycles, um, as Carlton became a better better side, Paddy would just become a more and more important player, and I think that'll that'll be proven correct over the next couple of years. I still think, you know, the opportunity for him to to go forward a little more, take a few more marks, and and be and be such a a threat as a goal kicker will come in the future. Uh, and he did uh, kick more goals this year than, than he ever has. So that's the side of the game that he's being able to flourish in because of that extra support. Um, do, he talks about the fact that he just loves footy and loved playing with his mates. Was was that was it as simple as that for you? Is that what you observed when you watched him, that this is a guy that just loves doing what he's doing and who he's doing it with? Yeah, he's always um, there's always players there's always players as you come through and I've sort of been coaching in the pathway since O two now. And there's players who come through and they're just good at football mm. but they don't they don't really love it and there's other players who just embrace every part of it and it it was it was you, you guys would have got a sense of that listening to Cripper last night talking about watching the Brownlow medal as a kid. Like a lot of a lot of under eighteens players now wouldn't watch a Brownlow medal. But they wouldn't care. They'd see the result on Twitter and that'd mm. be it. But Cripper's always loved footy. Yeah. And you know, he just wants to be out on the park with his with his mates and he likes to likes to go into a game, likes to have a plan and go, Hey, let's let's see what you've got, let's see what we've got and let's try and let's try and win. That's what he that's what he loves to do, you know. He just wants to wants to compete and win with his mates and Have you been able to stay in touch over the years, game. Michael? Uh, yeah, look, we don't we don't talk a lot. We sort of text back and forth a bit. We sort of texted back and forth a bit last night and um he's He's just a he's a great kid. I just yeah, I'm what very did, proud to say that I know him. You know, what did you say to him when you when you text him last night? Um, there's a I, I don't think I can actually repeat what I said to him because it was um, <laughs> there's, there's a few expletives in it, but it was the, the essence of the message was that's that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, I didn't quite word it that way. Sure, yeah, and. Um, and I suppose when you do the job that you do, everything that you put into this for these kids is to try and get them into a place, in a position where they can achieve what Paddy's done. And that's at the, the upper echelon of it. At the lower echelon, it's just to try and help them become the best football players they can be. So when you see someone doing that that you've helped along the way, I can only imagine that when you take a moment, and I know you won't make it about you, but the satisfaction you would get from a moment like last night? Uh, look, it's... It, uh, look, I, don't, I must admit, I don't take too much credit for Cripper winning the Brownlow medal. I mean, he's, I've been coaching for nearly 10 years now. Mm. But I'm certainly... I, I certainly am really proud watching him play. And yeah. Today, you know, you just do think, I, you know, you've played a small part in that. I've, I've, I've been really lucky because I've coached in the pathway since O two, and I've got to spend time with the state side, with the AIS. So there's a there's a lot of players I've, play, I've coached who are playing AFL now. And my missus hates watching the footy with me because every time someone kicks a goal, I'm pretty keen to say, I taught him that. <laughs> and she doesn't... She, she used to think it was funny, but not so much now. Well, I think it's uh, funny. It's, it, it's true. It does make you feel just that sense of pride, you know? You're just like, yeah, I, I taught him how to do that. And I'll say things like, yeah, he, he, could, he could barely pick the ball up below his knees when I started coaching him. Look at him now. So let me... Uh, all this sort of stuff. And it's all... Sorry, Keep Michael. I, no, I cut you off. Apologies. No, it's all tongue-in-cheek sort of stuff. But, yeah, you feel unbelievable pride just watching these players. And at the same time, you, you also feel 
you also feel really disappointed when they go through some hardships and things mm. like that. And certainly I've seen my, my fair share of that as well. And it's um, it's not easy for these guys trying to play footy at the elite level. And, you know, we mentioned Dom Sheet before. He's basically missed an entire season of footy mm. just trying to overcome injury and all this sort of stuff. And there's a really hard, brutal part of the game. And, mm. you know, I've got... I've, I pulled up a list of players. I try to keep records of who I've coached, who's been drafted and all of that. And I've scrolled through this list now and... You know, the name in the list above Patrick Cripps is Cam McCarthy. You know, footy mm. has not had the same, been the same journey for, for Cam McCarthy as it has for Cripper. The name below Cripper is Blake Akers. He's currently in contract dispute with the Dockers. You know, there's, there's, hard, there's hard parts of it. Mm. A couple more names down is Dale Garlett, and what a tragic story that is. Mm. You know, the most talented kid I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, he's been in and out of jail and all sorts of things. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a real challenge for a lot of these guys. And, it's great for great for Cripper, and he's he's obviously been able to go through and make it a success. But all these kids have massive dreams at age seventeen and eighteen, and not everyone gets to fulfil them. And I suppose that makes what what Paddy's been able to achieve all the more incredible, right? No, oh, it's it's brilliantly said, um, and and very poignant. And and thank you for giving us that insight. And it's just a little reminder, um, Michael. The last question I've got for you is is if. If you have, if you, if someone's asking you to send in a resume for the whatever the next coaching job is, and it says just give us a list of some of the players that you've coached along the way, whose name do you put first? Uh, whose name do I put first? Um, I, I probably just in terms of um, I, I'm going to go left field and I'm going to say something. I'm probably going to put Camden McIntosh's name first. He's just the ultimate team player, a couple of yep. premierships, and I just. The things that he, what, coming from where he did, living down in Ravenswood, basically, you know, spending so much time effectively bringing up his, you know, brothers and sisters, and there's seven of them. It's just an amazing story. An amazing story, and it doesn't get better than that. Um, but Cripsy's right up the top. Steve Cornelio is right at the top. I love coaching Jager O'Meara. He's also from up where Cripsy's from. He's from Dongra, not from Northampton. You know, there's so many of these guys. Um, Jay Hopper had it at the AIS. He's unbelievable in terms of someone mm. trying to get everything out of himself. Just, you know, Charlie Cameron, what, a, what an amazing character he was. He uh, played in the same state side that, that Cripsy played in, and he was basically not drafted. No one wanted him, you know. He was rookie listed, and, mm. and look at him now, you know. Incredible. I uh, love Charlie as a player and as a person uh, as well. Um, yeah, uh, Dom Sheed, uh, Mitch McGovern, Alir Alir, um, these are just some of the names. And um, you've uh, from your Colts days too, you, you, Logan McDonald, who's going to play in a grand final. Um, yeah, how amazing for Logan, right? Yeah. How incredible for Logan to be playing in a grand final this week. It's, uh, it's incredible. And, um, yeah, just, just incredible. What a, great, what a great kid. What a great family. And, um, look, it's, it's, it's so exciting for for, for you know, for Darren and Connery's younger brother, and just just I can't can't wait, just can't wait to see him run out there this weekend. He's got a um, he's having an, appre- an incredible apprenticeship at the moment with not just Buddy Franklin, but you know Sam Reed's a great story in perseverance and a premiership player as well. He's in a forward line with Isaac yeah, Heaney at the moment, and um, we we've, we're getting glimpses with Logan. You tell us where the ceiling is for him because you've seen him at his very best. How good can he be? Oh look, Logan. Logan's um, Logan's trying to play the hardest position in the in the game as a as basically a nineteen twenty year old, and it's um, you know, he's, he's, I, don't, I don't know if everyone realises, but these um these key defenders at AFL level, 
they're, they're like serious players. Yeah, they're quite handy. They, they they're pretty good. They're, they're, they're serious <laughs> players. So you've got, you've got someone like Logan who, even I know he played some senior footy at, at Waffle level. He sort of played the eight games in the in the COVID year and did, did quite well. But it's it's playing state league playing state league footy and playing AFL footy, it's it's not a different game. It's a different sport. And, you know, the zoning defence, the, the, the extras dropping back and all that sort of stuff, you don't deal with that in state-level footy. Mm. You just don't. And I know, it's, I know it's hard to explain that to people, but AFL footy is so different, so very, very different. Logan, I think, is going to be a, a super player just because he's so committed and he, he loves football. He's like Cripper like that. He just loves footy. And I'm, I'm just excited to watch where he, where he goes. And to, to be able to play with Bud, I mean, you know, the fact that Buddy came through playing footy at Perth. Logan's a Perth footy club player as well. It's just, just incredible for both yeah. of those two boys to be connected to one another. You know, different generation really, but same same sort of state league footy club and, you know, both key forwards. Hey, Michael, it's, it's been amazing. It's been fantastic chatting to you. Thanks for giving us some time, um, giving us an insight on, on the Patrick Cripps that came through your door in the state under-18s and, and some of the other players too that you've uh, coached along the journey uh, and just some of the lessons too that are good for all of us to keep in mind that you've been able to share. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah, that's my pleasure, Sam. Thanks very much. Michael Pratt, uh, Coach Paddy Cripps, WA Under-18s, uh, 2012 to 2014. Colts coaching for Perth, uh, 2018 to 2022 as well. So really impressive names that uh, have at one point or another been under his tutelage. Uh, and great to get that insight from him. Jeez, oh, we're almost out of time. Come back on the other side of this with a couple more heroes and villains on the Sporting Capital. Uh, AFL Coaches Association votes for the Gary Ayres medal, uh, in case you weren't up to speed on those. Uh, from Geelong and Brisbane on Friday night, Paddy Dangerfield got the 10, Brian Myers got the 8, Tomahawk got the 5, Jake Collajasny and Tom Stewart had 3, and Darcy Gardner got 1 vote. Um, the only Brisbane Lions player to register one. Uh, from the Pies and uh, from the Swans and the Pies, Jack Crisp and Callum Mills got the eight votes. Luke Parker got five. Tommy Papley for his three goals got three. So too did Scott Pendlebury. Darcy Moore got two. And Buddy Franklin got one. The leaderboard heading into the grand final, Jack Crisp and uh, on 16 votes. Jordan Ngoi on 15. Lockie Neal on 15. Uh, Luke Parker on 13. Uh, so Luke Parker. Um, Caleb Sarong was on 12. Callum Mills on 11. Darcy Moore on 11, Scott Pendlebury on 11, Paddy Dangerfield uh, on 10, uh, rounding out the players who would still be in contention to win that. Of course, of those who are still in it, I know that the Collingwood uh, players are not. Um, and the AFLW uh, Coach Association votes uh, hasn't quite refreshed on the uh, on the page here that I'm having a look at. Um, so I won't be able to give you those. Um because it hasn't quite come up. Uh, so apologies uh, about that. A um, couple off the text. Um, brilliant interview, Sam. Realities of life and footy. That's from uh, Mortimer at Cranbourne North. Uh, interview with Michael Pratt, uh, who coached uh, Paddy Cripps at an under-18 uh, level for the WA State side. Um, glad you enjoyed that interview. Hey, BP's up next with the first serve.
I had a couple of other heroes and villains that I wanted to get through. Um, Hero to the Richmond Footy Club, they've been a uh, become a, a refuge for uh, mistreated coaches. Uh, David T got a job there after what Carlton did with him. And then Ben Rutten uh, has been, uh, f- they've found a place for Ben Rutten on their coaching staff as well, which is good to see. I want to give Josh Kennedy from the Swans a hero nomination. Unfortunately, his hammy uh, means that he won't be any chance of playing the grand final. But what an extraordinary career from him. And Mitch Robinson, who deserves a ton of credit for the way he turned his life, his career around and how integral he has been to where Brisbane find themselves now can never be underestimated. So congratulations to Mitch. But we're out of time. I'll speak to you tomorrow night. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91